Good evening and welcome to a late night dilly dilly. It's the Buddy Martin Show. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. You ready, I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. feel like dancing, don't you? Dan Mullen danced all over the swap on Saturday. And I asked him about that in today's press conference. Full of energy, that guy. And I think he helped energize the swamp on what some are calling the loudest they ever heard the swamp. Eh, been to a lot of games there. Certainly the interception at the end, it was very loud. But there were many other times I can recall some Florida State games, et cetera, et cetera, when I can't believe that it was any louder than that. But the magic is back. At least it feels like it, doesn't it? How does it feel to be rooting for the number 14 team in the country, or 16, or in the case of, say, the CBS Power Rankings 11th? I mean, that mean anything. I, I could rank them fifth, too. Nonetheless, they're in, they're back. They're ranked. People are talking about them. If you're like me, I got phone calls from friends from out of state saying, "Hey, I watched the game on Saturday." Back on the national uh, landscape, people are saying, "Hey, I remember that team." And gosh, Florida and Texas are ranked again. Yeah, it's good to see that. A little respect coming. I, that word "respect" is overused. I I agree with Fine Bob about that. When people call up and say. Why are my Georgia Bulldogs more respected? Respected? They're ranked second in the country and third in the other. That's pretty much high respect. But it is a good night. Late night dilly-dilly thanks to all of our sponsors, including CD Farms Florida, Mark's Prime, and others. And, um, well, behind me is the remnants of a good weekend. If you see that right there, that Circle 15 shirt, very popular item. We'll tell you more about that later. We got some of ours in this weekend. Had a nice little tailgate. But tonight we're talking more about football than we are about tailgating and about shirts. And going to the press conference today, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the players and the coach. I don't ever expect any great revelations, but there were some interesting things said about this team. The question we all want to know is how good is this team? How far can it go? And, of course, We're all pointing toward that magical weekend in Georgia, in Jacksonville, for the Georgia-Florida game. But there is one other thing, and Dan Mullen made sure to point that out. There's a little game in Nashville against a Vanderbilt team that has been stubborn and pesky all these years. Mullen's been up there, he said, three times, I believe, twice at Florida, one at uh, Mississippi State, I think. So he knows it could be annoying, and Vanderbilt is a team that can cause problems, just as mighty Notre Dame arguably one of the top four teams now, probably going to be ranked. So I'm just saying it is a factor to be concerned about. I don't know if I would say worried. I'd say concerned. And I don't think Mullen's going to let that one slip on. He said today that he said he didn't believe in trap games. He thinks you prepare for the game. If you're prepared to the game, there won't be a trap. A trap is only something that can happen when, you, when you're not expecting it and you don't think you're capable, you know you're vulnerable to it. A trap game, this is not a trap game. Florida knows exactly what to expect. Now, whether or not that changes the outcome, we shall see. But I want to get right to the press conference. Coming up in just a minute, the Graham, uh, Graham Hall of the Ministry of Information will be joining us to talk about what he saw this weekend. Uh, boy, he saw some terrific football. He saw some terrific defense. Uh, it, it just... The defense you can't praise enough. 
And, you know, the name Ron English came up today, and I, I need to do a little more homework on him. But he apparently is coaching that young secondary against the safeties. And, and these guys are playing really lights out. They are really playing terrific football, along with others like Polite, naturally, and Volshan Joseph, who got the big award this week. Career high number of tackles played the game of his life. What? A, anyway, I, I want to get to the press conference because uh, uh, one of the things I, we talked to him about today was the offense. And Dan Mullen made a rare admission that he he got too conservative. Um, but uh, you got to compare apples to apples. And when our friend Edgar Thompson asked a question, I think Dan kind of thought maybe Edgar compared rye bread to cheesecake. Decide for yourself. What's it been the challenge week to week with the offense? Obviously, it's not firing on all cylinders and greased up like, for example, the 2018 where you guys could just do what you wanted. You got to kind of be creative, and we've seen it. Uh, yeah. What's the challenge for game planning each week with you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's relatively, you know, trying to compare our offense to the 2008 team is really not fair per se, right? I mean, you're talking about a, a team with a, a veteran, veteran group with a guy that just hung his name in the stadium at the quarterback position. You had about seven NFL, wide, example. seven NFL wide receivers, right? I mean, the whole line's still playing in the NFL. Um, you know, and the, the tailback had a, has a gold medal around his neck. It's how fast he is. So, uh, <laughs> You know, that team, I don't know that that team always fired on all cylinders, but, you know, you could call counter and both guards pull and hit each other, and Percy still would go score a 70 yard touchdown. So, right? <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> the linemen bump each other, and Percy scores a 70 yard touchdown. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you talk about not one of the all time great football teams anywhere, not just in Florida. Uh, arguably, some people say top five, some people say top ten. Uh, that 2018 was killer, as you pointed out. Uh, uh, the Lions still playing in the NFL, and one guy's got a gold medal around his neck, and one guy's got his name on the stadium wall. So I thought that was pretty good. Now, on the matter of offense, I talked about this a lot last week. I spoke with Paul Feinbaum on my show about it, and we discussed the fact that what sets Mullen apart is his offensive strategy and his play calling. And I'm a big proponent of that. And I went on two or three shows, and I said, the difference to me is going to be Mullen's play calling unless there are some major turnovers. Well, it was both. The turnovers, too, as it turned out. Those were ball-hawking plays. Those were not mistakes so much as they were great defensive plays. Of course, it was a mistake. Burrow threw the ball in a bad spot. But anyway, I want to get to this because the play calling to me really – is what separates Mullen, and I call him, I got the new name for him, the chess meister. He's a chess meister. He's playing chess, and the rest of them are playing checkers. And the skills of which he does this are amazing. We know about some of the calls he made. We love the play he called. Uh, the Kadarius Tony threw for a touchdown to Morrill Stevens against Mississippi State. That was a terrific call. Uh, and then the one, that, the best call of the year was a left-handed pass by Lucas Kroll, tight end, who, by the way, not many people knew about, who was a former baseball player, uh, and he goes, takes the flash sweep, and turns around and throws it to Felipe Franks, and I asked Felipe today if he ever played receiver before, and he laughed and said, yeah, uh, and that set up the touchdown. That was a brilliant call. So, I got into the discussion about naming the plays, okay? We know that uh, the original play of the name, name of the play that uh, was the touchdown pass thrown by Tony, Originally it was Kodak Black, but now they've changed. Said no, it's really Kodak. Okay, well I'm not sure. We know Kodak Black is a rapper, but anyway. And so the play that set up the touchdown in the fourth quarter, the terrific drive, has a very simple and a very dull game name. I asked I asked Mullen about that, but first I asked him about. He was going crazy out there in the swamp. He, I mean, if you saw him coming out of the tunnel, he was there jumping around. And then, of course, after the game, he was jumping around. They did one of those Tim Tebow laps where he high-fived the whole stadium. So I said, man, you were in a frenzy. What was going on? Dan, uh, I'd like to ask you about your uh, demeanor on Saturday. You yeah. did quite a few jumping jacks out there, and uh, you were very enthusiastic going under the field. You did the Tim 
Tebow circle afterwards. You look awfully fired up. Can you? What was going through your head when you were doing that? Well, I mean, I mean, what I want to do is make sure everybody un- understands in 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 the crowd. You know, everybody, all the students, and in the, the Gator Nation. You know, and maybe it's been. Um, a, a bit for them, right? I mean, I said it's the first time in a couple of years you had a sold-out stadium, and I want to make sure they remember, you know, how critical they are. I mean, that, uh, I think our, our student body uh, and the Gator Nation, that, the people that were in the stadium, had as much to do with us winning the game as the guys on the field. Uh, they certainly had as much to do with that. And I just, you know, just like I was pumping up the guys on the field, I was trying to make sure they understood it was going to be a critical moment of the game. We're at a critical time of the game, and there's no time for them to get tired. They better every single person on that stadium needed to be on their feet creating a, in, in a frenzy creating that home field advantage for us that we needed and I just uh, you know that they were a little further away from me than the players so I just, that was just my way to communicate to them that it was time to make sure they were on their feet standing up and down going crazy because uh, they were critical and that, as the end as you saw as a result they were uh, at the end it, I mean the stadium was deafening um, certainly and, and, and intimidating and um, like I said our student body the band uh, did amazing. You know, I always think the band kind of leads the student body in the crowd, and they did a great job of leading all of those people to help us get a victory. Play calling. Uh, the left-handed pass. Yeah. Which obviously, could uh, crawl through. You. That I didn't have as creative a name for him, so I apologize. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I mean, you obviously put that in. I understand he told you, Coach, I can throw the ball a little yeah. bit. And how did yeah. that go down? Well, you know, I mean, as you look for guys that, you know, if you're going to do deceptive trip plays, you look for guys that have different skill sets. And, you know, Luke's a guy that can throw left, is left-handed, can throw left-handed. So you fake a jet sweep to the left with him, and he can stop and throw back. And uh, so, you know, and then you, you, you put it in, and you see, because, you know, everybody – tells me they can throw, right? I mean, it's like a guy saying, Coach, I was a two-sport athlete. I could play baseball for us. You know, I'll be like, great. You know, go over and see Sully real quick and take some BP, right? And like, Coach, I hit a bunch. Good. Go to Sully tomorrow and tell him to throw you a, a, right? a breaking ball. And then hustle back over to football, right? I mean, you know, I mean, good. I can hit a fastball. Good. Okay, let him start throwing a couple of breaking pitches and then get back into the weight room. Um, but, you know, so we put him in there and practice, and then he starts, you know, you see that he can throw, and he's pretty accurate with it, and you practice it. I think we've practiced it a couple, you know, usually on, on the deceptive plays, you practice them for a couple of weeks, and then you feel that pretty confident in making that call. And uh, so, you know, a lot of our deceptive, like I said, we even in training camp, we run a ton of them, but we put a bunch of deceptives in in training camp. Um, you know, so there's just a little bit of a, it's in the back pocket. And then you pull it out and you practice it usually for a week or two, then it's ready to go in the game. Now, you named the other play uh, Kodak Black, I believe, yeah. was the one that. Uh, just Kodak. Street. Short. This one just, just called throwback? It was just called throwback, kind of boring. How about Tebow or something like that? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he gets enough accolades already, doesn't he? <laughs> Pretty funny. That <laughs> was pretty funny. The rest of that conversation was, I don't believe Tebow ever threw, ever caught a touchdown, uh, ever caught a pass in Florida. And I thought he had, actually. I thought I'd remember that he had, but someone looked it up and said, no, he hadn't. So uh, uh, there goes that selective memory once again. Anyway, good insight to the play calling there, and that's what I like about Mullen. Mullen gives you a little something when you ask a question, and we love that about him. All right? Also love these 5 and one Let's take a little break. We'll come back. We've got around the corner. We've got Graham Hall, but it's for information. No one ever plans a car accident. Having a plan after you've been in one, however, can make a world of difference. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. After meeting with Dan and his team, you'll know your case matters, that you matter, and that Dan will fight hard to get you just results. If you've been severely injured through no fault of your own by a careless or reckless driver, you need Daniel L. Hightower. Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. I want to tell you about where I had dinner Friday night, and it was stupendous. I also was able to go to the bar there a little before and meet some friends and that's a happening place, man. That's a happening place. A lot of good friends, a lot of good folks there. But the food... We had a wonderful steak. We had a Kansas City Strip, fantastic. We had the sautéed spinach, which was to die for. And we had a twice-baked potato and a, a strip cocktail. And we split it because it was so much food, and we took it home. And it was spectacular, everything I expected. So if you want to try it out, 
I suggest you check it out. You can go to the website, MarksPrimeSteakhouse.com. You can call Ocala at 352-402-0097 or Gainesville at 352-336-0077 and find out why people are raving about Mark's Prime Steakhouse, which has a goal to create a unique dining experience that will please the palate and soothe the soul. That did it for me. Had a terrific dinner there on Friday night. One of the best restaurants in all of Florida. Check them out. Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood. You'll be glad you did. One more word about our friends at CD Farm. Um, I put this up today because I wanted to show, number one, we had a little tailgate. This was not it. This was a previous one. Chris and Tracy there from um, CD Farms, Florida. And uh, Chris got his doctor. Congratulations. To our left is a, is one of the terrific dishes that Tracy made. And uh, veggie season's coming up soon. So we'll fu- the fall harvest soon. We'll talk about that. We talk about the meat. If you want to have a, your own calf raised there, pasture fed, or your own hog, whatever, uh, go to CD Farms Florida, the Facebook, and check it out and, and check out with them. They'll set you right up for a terrific fall and winter time for meat and fresh veggies coming up. And uh, you'll be glad you did. They have some terrific stuff. And gosh, Tracy, can you make that dish for us sometimes? Wow. Mm, good stuff. One more, and we'll go see the Minister of Information. you have it you see that circle uh, 15 blue beautiful uh, shirt that we wore on friday and on uh, saturday they're in you can go to allfarsports.com and get yours uh, check that out and uh we got more on that later let's see what the ministry of information it was an intriguing weekend and all of a sudden florida vaults into the national picture changes everybody's demeanor it certainly uh, uh changes the landscape of the sec um, and um, let's see if we can get a hold of our friend Graham and manage to hear him. I'm not hearing him right now. Uh, let's see what we got going on here. Uh, Graham, is that you, buddy? Hey, buddy, how you doing? It's connecting right now. Give me a second. I hope I'm able to hear you. For some reason or other, I'm not hearing you through the system here right now. Let's see if I can. Can you hear me? Um, let's see if the folks are able. I can hear me. I don't know if I can hear you or not. If let everybody let us know out there. Give us a quick heads up. If you can hear Graham, somebody give us a okay. We'll know we got him all right. Graham's coming in. Um, somebody just give us a shout. Give us a little uh, warm up there, uh, Graham, and tell us uh, what's going on with you, buddy. How are you guys doing tonight? We uh, talked to some Florida players tonight, Ja'Kai Polite, uh, David Reese, about, you know, the big theme of the week is, you know, everyone throws around the word trap game so much. Yeah. I think right now that the mentality Florida needs to have is, is about avoiding a letdown because a trap game kind of insinuates that you think the opposition could beat you. Right. And Florida right now, after three very, very strong weeks, needs to be playing with the mentality that they are a top 15 team in the country. They can beat anyone that they play. They, you know, Anytime you're coming off an emotional game, there always is cause for concern that you're going to take the opponent, start looking ahead at that bye week, thinking about what you're going to do, going back – and seeing your friends recovering, get a nice massage, your mind tends to, you know, starts to wander and, and, and move to those things. And right now, Dan Mullen in his first year in Gainesville, obviously he's no stranger towards reining guys in. But right now, this is a team that you know can't be a little bit too drunk on, on the feelings of victory. They need to remember that they still have a lot to prove. And it starts on Saturday at 11 a.m., a very, very early game. A lot of things that are the making of a trap game. But Florida needs to, you know, hone in and avoid that letdown on Saturday. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and that is that is true. That's certainly something that you have to be aware of, and I get it. Uh, but for a moment, let's not forget, you have to enjoy the present. I, I grant you it's 48 hours old now, but Florida fans have waited this for, for a long time. You need to savor a little bit, you know. you got to remember, we've talked to hey, – look, well, you and I have talked about this for the last seven or eight months, right? That, how good is this team going to be? Can they win a big game? 
will Mullen be able to get the offense going? And we had so much conversation and so much negativity. Remember in recruiting how people, some people say, oh, they're not getting any four and five stars. It's over. They're finished. Mullen's not a good recruiter. All the ringing of fans and gnashing of teeth. That's why you have to stop and smell the flowers sometimes and say, hey, this was really vintage stuff. This day in the swamp was somewhat, that October 6, 2018, was significant because Florida is, if they're not back, they're on the way. And I think that's the part I want to, I don't want to miss that. And after that kind of buzz goes over, it's the coach's job to get them ready, and I, that's fine. We'll talk about that. You're right. It's, it's a game that, it's not a trap game, but it's a game to be, you know, to be concerned about. Tell me what was your favorite part of the game on Saturday, Graham. You know, obviously, you, you, there's many flashy plays you could point to. Josh Hammond's catch. I mean, you know, the, you know, Lucas Cruel's pass. The trick plays continuing to work. I mean, how much poetic justice was it that you know Florida was the one beating LSU with trick plays? I know that Florida fans, you know, were clamoring to be on the winning side of those things. You know, the most exciting thing that I'm going to say, it's it's much bigger picture is, you know, and obviously it's probably a lot of people's worst memories. I'm going to say Felipe Franks' interception. Um, you know, they're on that crucial drive where it gave LSU all the momentum. And you did kind of feel this feeling creep over people in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium that, oh, man, is this it? Are we about to cough up a lead? Because it was a very eerily reminiscent beginning to the second half of how the Kentucky game started. And then you see Kentucky adds on points, and then Florida goes away from their game plan. The fact that Florida was in a very similar situation, facing a better defense, shows how far how much farther their offense has come in my book, because they could have gone away from the game plan, they could have tried to air it out, they could have tried to hit them for some big plays, regain that momentum. Florida went down 19-14. to 14. Panic. They even employed the trick plays incredibly risky I think that the offense is showing a lot more poise and I think it was emblematic of that play when they kind of hit their lowest point on Saturday and how very soon after they responded and and hit their peak all within the same quarter I'm going to go to that entire sequence as the big play in my book because I think it's the first time that you can say in a decade that Florida had an offense that looked like they were confident enough to respond. I mean, you could maybe say a few of those Will Greer games in there, but yeah. I, you know, I, I think a lot of people have scrubbed those from their memory banks right now. So I think this was a noticeable step forward for Felipe Franks, for his confidence level, and for the entire offense as a whole. Yeah, I think the answering aspect of it was really important. Because I tell you, and, and Mullen admitted today in the press conference, after the interception, which was a bad decision, obviously, the one, I could hear the voices now, saying, people saying, well, it finally came out. You know, that's the Franks we know. You know, sure. he, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna, he's gonna lose the game. And I would happen to be listening to Mick Huber at the time. And it was like someone deflated the air out of Mick. I mean, really. He, he was like, okay, that was not a good decision. I love Mick, don't get me wrong. My point is is that that point right there scared the crap out of some people. And I think it shook Mullen to the core a little bit because this team comes right back and takes the kickoff and marches down there. They're on, what, the 13-yard line? They're about to punch it in and take over the game for the number five team in the country. And boom, in one fell swoop. And you got to know who that guy is. Delpit's, we said before, is one hell of a defensive back. He'd be playing on yeah. Sundays, and he made that fatal mistake. You think, well, okay. Now, can you overcome this? Can you respond and come back? I think what you're saying is that certainly was a big play. Uh, was there? Um, I mean, we, we. I mean, Vosan Joseph. Could he play any better? Yeah, and I was even saying against the Kentucky game when a people did rightfully criticize him, and it wasn't as bad as I think they you know thought. Obviously. Mark for Voshan Joseph was whether he could hone in that enthusiasm that he brings to every single play. If you could channel it in the right direction, turn him into a mentally sound football player, make it so that he wasn't prone to emotional plays and then getting out of his gap and, and, and leaving a guy wide open in the middle of the field. Those were the, you know, that's what you were looking for when you, we talked about Voshan Joseph taking the next step, and he certainly took that. I mean, the most sound tackler, I think, all you know, on Florida's entire roster, he has the, he leads the team in solo tackles. That's not something that just happens without you know a dedication to your craft and how you wrap up. Uh, I think he has what four and a half sacks on the season. Um, you know, he had two the other night. Uh, that that's unheard of. Florida's you know 
defense is leading the nation. I think they're top 10 in sacks right now, and he's one of them up there along with Chauncey Gardner. That's that's crazy impressive. Um, uh, you know, how fitting, though, that his kind of coming out party again is against LSU. As a freshman, he wrecks Danny Etling there in that game that Florida wins 16-10 to on the goal line stand. Mm-hmm. He was a big part of that in a big sequence. That's when everyone learns his name. Now, two years later, Hits his coming out party against LSU as I think as kind of a complete player. We talked to David Reese tonight, and David Reese said that hey, it wasn't that much of work that he really had to do to put in to become this dominant linebacker. He just needed to get a little more confident, become a little bit smarter in the defense, and then keep bringing that energy. And he's going to be a great linebacker, and we're seeing that right now. Yeah, I mean, you can't say enough about the, what the job Ron English has done in the secondary. He's yeah. brought up today, but you also can't say about, enough about Sunseri's defensive lineman. I mean, yeah. I mean, I got the stat in front of me. Uh, Polite and Zuniga have combined 15 tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks. They are one of four duos: Miami, Mississippi State, North Texas, with at least seven and a half tackles for loss apiece. These guys are, and what gets me about it, and this includes uh, Joseph, the closing speed they turn on to get the quarterback, they, yeah. they're like Jets, man. They can run. And that speed, yeah. the, the, you know, the, 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 defense, the, the offensive backs and the guys who are blocking, they misjudge them. Their speed, they're so quick to the ball carrier, which, I mean, so, is spectacular. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you're right. That's, that's huge. And this defense is basically carrying this team. Yeah, yeah, you go back I mean, and look at how many of those plays uh, where Ja'Kai Politis, you know, putting a spin move on, on the left tackle. How many of those times does he get faster, seemingly use his hands? You know, if you're a defensive lineman, you want to create acceleration through contact. And Ja'Kai uses, does a very good job at getting his hands on the offensive lineman and using him to kind of propel himself forward and off of him, create some momentum. That's what the really, really good guys use. That's what gets you playing on Sunday, where you can, you know, create a little more torque, a little more acceleration for an already 260-pound body. Um, that that is crazy impressive. You can learn to do that. You know, David Reese kind of hit it right on the head here, and I hope that no Vanderbilt defense defenders or any, anything, you know, read this. He said that people are going to have to start double team and Jakai Polite, which means that Jabari Zaniga is absolutely going to eat. Yeah. Which means that CC Jefferson's going to eat, which means Elijah Conliffe is going to get in there. And Ja'Kai Polite said it as well, that if his work to date is going to make it easier for his teammates, then he's already done his part. And that is huge when you have a guy who has that selfless mentality, is willing to take a double team on and perform to free up his other guys when you know that both these guys right now are looking a little bit ahead, knowing that they probably have a pretty lucrative payday ahead of them. I'd say so, for sure. Yep. Uh, and let's not forget, uh, at the same time, the protection line. I mean, somebody oh, brought up yeah. a question today. I think it might have been Edgar about, you know, you got, you got an average. Uh, how many times did, did Franks get sacked last time? A ton. And, and it was about four or five times a game. And he, and he, didn't, get, he didn't get sacked at all Saturday. It makes yeah, a lot of difference. I think Mungo would probably like if he did take that sack there uh, early in the third mm-hmm. quarter rather than trying to throw it out of the end zone as he was driven into the ground. Um, you know, it didn't count as a sack, but I think they'd rather have a sack there than an interception. A few more plays where it looked like, you know, the pocket was collapsing. Felipe, you have to give him credit for getting rid of the ball, having that awareness, that, you know, sensing pressure coming from behind him. Those were things that Felipe looked incapable of doing and were things that when people wrote him off, they, they – kind of added definitive statements as saying that, oh, he doesn't sense pressure well as if he never would. Well, now we're sitting here less than six games later having a new head coach, and he's going through his reads, sensing pressure, getting rid of the ball. Yeah, sure, he's still making a few mistakes. What quarterback doesn't make mistakes? You know, Tom Brady makes mistakes. Peyton Manning made mistakes. Of course. Not saying Felipe Franks' ceiling is there, but you are seeing him prove in a lot of ways, a lot of aspects that people kind of prematurely said, oh, he'll never get better in that. And we're seeing it come to life right now. Listen, I, I, I've defended Franks pretty much all the way through, and I didn't ever say he wouldn't make mistakes. I also reminded people that you know I saw Danny Werfel throw three throw, throw three yeah. picks in a big game, and I've seen the great quarterbacks. I saw John Reeves throw nine against Auburn in Auburn, an NCAA record. So I've seen some bad, some good players have bad games, uh, and he's going to have one. Uh, and you hope it doesn't, uh, he doesn't, doesn't affect him mentally. But he was, I would thought, I listened to him today, and while he's not terribly colorful to talk about, and I've interviewed him or heard him probably six or seven times now, 
and he, he's got, his head is pretty well squared away on his shoulders, and he says the right things, but he's also blocking it all out. He's got it all right here. He knows how to deal with the critics. He's listened to his coach. Social media is not going to penetrate him and you know and blow him up. Uh, and he's got his priorities in the right order. He's a good teammate to his to his fellow men. So I think there's a lot to be said for that young man who's been, by the way, kicked around pretty good by fans in the last year. Uh, a couple more things. Uh, I think uh, we we of course. We're, we're wanting to point toward Georgia, but as you said earlier, they can't afford to do that. Uh, I think Florida has earned its way back in the eyes of so many people. This win was so big in so many ways. It was the right time. It was all there. It was everything from the flyover to Tebow to, you know, you name it, the crowd, the swamp being sold out. The expectations were so high. Uh, and, and it would have been devastating to lose that football game, especially sure. when they came back after the first half and then marched down the field and then wound up throwing a pick in the end zone. It would have been devastating. But the fact is there's a certain resiliency. I think you said this, too, a few times. This team has got a certain resiliency, which will stand them in good stead. Now, looking down the schedule and be careful, I think the biggest thing about them is the old cliche applies, and they know how to do it. Take one game at a time. But you can't help but look around the corner to Georgia and say, this team can't compete with Georgia. Three weeks ago, we didn't think that was possible. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think that Georgia's front seven isn't as good, first, as a lot of people were led to believe. At least not right now. It still is made up of four- and five-star guys, and I think eventually they'll get there. But right now... Florida has an opportunity where Georgia's defense is still figuring things out, not clicking on all cylinders. There is some, uh, man, how do I put this, <laughs> some discord between uh, Georgia coach Kirby Smart and their offensive coordinator that uh, I think they're going to go in a younger direction after this season. Um, and, you know, they got all this talent in the world there to not be hitting 40 points every single game. You know, Florida does, like you said, have an advantage. Um, it does come down to embracing that winner's mentality, uh, believing that, you know, you deserve to be there, that you, you know, aren't going to be outscored 21 to zero in the first quarter. I think that's a big part of what Dan Mullen's trying to employ and these guys being like, hey, you know, we're five and one. I don't want you to get cocky or complacent, but I do want you to start thinking that we can be a very good football team if we, a team if we handle what we have to throughout the week. I, I think that that is something that has resonated a lot with people. Um, two other things real quick. I, you know, it, it is kind of funny. You, you point out all the storylines about LSU and say, oh, it would have been devastating if, if they had lost that game. I think that is very, very true from a fan perspective. But if you sit there and look at – if you, if you sit there and talk to the people in the locker room, they are even more impressed with themselves for winning that game because they feel as if there was even more undue pressure on that game. And that kind of flies in the face of everything Dan Mullen has tried to convey to them, that you know they take it a game at a time. It's just 60 minutes of football. We handle what we can handle. We control what we can control. And then they hit that week, and everyone's telling them, oh, Tebow's coming back. You better play well for Tebow, and it's a top-five team, and you better you know not embarrass the 2008 National Championship team. And, and now they're already worried about being a top-five team, and now they're – you know, worried about letting down the people who came before them and were the reason a lot of them came to Gainesville. So when you think about, you know, the storylines for both sides, there was so much more pressure on Florida than we kind of thought. We thought that they'd be boosted and given, a you know, some confidence by, you know, Lewis Murphy and all those guys being there. But it actually is when you're playing the game, it's the exact opposite. You don't want to embarrass the guys who, who so, you know, beat an LSU team 51-21 10 years ago. Because that mentality is crazy for you. Last thing I'm going to say, buddy, before yeah. I, I let sure. you go real quick. Felipe Frank has been probably the most defensive player that we have, you know, ever covered. And I think that he, you know, we, we talk about the, the criticism he's faced and how it's taken a long time for him to come out of his shell and, and talk to people and, and embrace the fan base and have them embrace him. You know, I don't want to throw around the term PTSD or minimize it, you know, loosely, but Florida fans are predisposed because of the past nine years that every time a quarterback struggles uh, while they're seeing guys like Tua and Jake Fromm tear it up, they're instantly going to think that those guys aren't going to pan out and they're going to let them down again like Driscoll and all the 15 other last quarterbacks came through. That's why I think fans are obviously giving Felipe Franks a much shorter leash. Rather than giving him natural time to progress, they're instantly prone to worrying and freaking out and thinking, oh, man, here we go again. Mm -hmm. They want to have a definitive answer right now. They don't want their hopes to be up with Felipe Franks. They don't want to buy in on another guy who's going to let them down. 
and that's why it's taken a lot longer for people to come around to Felipe Franks and why he's given, been given a lot less breathing room and room to grow. And I think that I'm not trying to, you know, you know, chide Florida fans or caution them or any sense, but you are going to continue to have quarterbacks who aren't embracing the Florida fan base like Tim Tebow was or Chris Leak was or Orful or Shane Matthews, so on and so on, until the fans start, you know, giving them a little more breathing room to make mistakes. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do what you said. It's a very good point. Uh, and I have a little history with Florida fans <laughs> over the years. You know, and I understand this. And, and, uh, and that's just their mentality. And I think it was said today, somebody kept asking about social media. And as, as Mullen said, hey, when you win, you're great on social media. When you don't, you're a dog, basically. This is a, there's no in-between anymore. It's like either you're great or you're a dog, one of the two. Yep. And I think the, the players have to be conditioned to, to, to expect this kind of thing when it happens. Florida's a little more. This, Florida's always been a very media-heavy school. Even back in the day, way back, they had the largest traveling contingent of any team in America. Yep. And I remember a friend of mine covers USC – who couldn't believe there were 17, 18 guys covering Florida football practices. They had won. Sure. I mean, so it's in, always been intense there. Now you got all the social media and all this stuff. It's just the way of the nature of beast. But you're right. It's all, I don't want to minimize this, but it's like PTSD. It's like like it's like it's they have this, these flashbacks. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, here we go again. We get a good quarterback, we're going to lose him. He's going to want to hype him someplace else, you know, all the stuff. And as we said, you agree with me on this. Felipe Franks didn't have to carry the team. He sure. just got to do his job, you know, and not make stupid mistakes. And I think Mullins done a terrific job of coaching him that way. And there have been so many other pleasant surprises. You know, even the offensive line is blocking pretty good right now. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the running game is uh, – they outrushed LSU. You know, yep. uh, your defense has been remarkable. That same defense that uh, looked so bad earlier in the year against Colorado State. Now with uh, with Reese back in there and uh, and CC back in there, what have you? It's a different defense, and now these young defensive backs are starting to get it. So it is exactly played out like we could hope it played out, and that is getting better by the week. Developing talent, and this is what Mullen does. The two things I love about Dan Mullen, and I've said this beforehand and I've said it now, he develops players, as we see, and he knows how to call a ball game, and he coaches quarterbacks, three things. So I, I think those are big pluses. Well, it was really interesting. It's fun. It's, it's good to be uh, covering a team. It's good to talk about again, and uh, love having you all. Thank you. Is there anything final, any articles coming up we need to know about? Or Now that you're a star of media everywhere and you're on you – know, <laughs> My column for Gatorade Magazine this week is on exactly that, Florida embracing a winner's mentality, getting some confidence back because they don't need to be using the terms trap game. They need to feel like any game that they lose this season is a letdown. The sooner they embrace that mentality, the sooner they reestablish that Florida culture of we are, you know, we expect to win each game. We're going to prepare as such. That's going to be in Gatorade Magazine on Wednesday. Look for that. Okay. Brighton on Jakai Polite. His, you know, his first round potential, how much oh, yeah. he's got this. Uh, that, that's going to be on GatorSports.com tomorrow. I'll cool. have a few more things throughout the week. I'm leaving Thursday out for band for 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 national. Oh, you're uh, going to go to make a road trip, are you? Yep. And, you know, it's it, Dan Mullen pointing something out that I didn't really even think about. And, and I, I maybe you guys can remember a little bit better than me, but after this weekend. Florida does not leave the state for the rest of the season. I did hear that. I hadn't thought and about it, but that's, uh, you know, of course, i got to go to Tallahassee. But, uh, yeah, crazy. I get it. That's an advantage, though. You're right. Yep. They don't have to get on a plane for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I, I think that that is, you know, when you're preparing that you can focus on home and, and your family is going to be there for you more and you don't have to think about going into a crazy environment. I mean, they're going to have just as many fans thinking that they can win that game in Tallahassee as, as – <laughs> As fans probably were there to see Florida State. I mean, you look at Florida State. I, I think that Florida right now goes into Doak uh, favored, and and mm-hmm. that's that's a big thing for this Florida program. Yeah. All right, Minister. Appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff as always. Maybe we'll catch up to you uh, when you get to Nashville, huh? Sounds good. We'll touch base for sure. Or, yeah. Or I'll give you my prediction. Um, well, football Friday on Friday morning. If you're in Nashville, we're gonna get you on. All right. For sure. Take care, Sounds my good, man. buddy. Y'all Thank you, take care out Graham there. Hall. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, you're running behind here. I got Franz Beard standing by.
Uh, we're going to do this real quick, and we'll get right to that. I want to tell you about Red Star Medical Research, a company that uh, locally does so much in our community. Uh, they're uh, uh, sponsoring our uh, Red Star Star of the Week, which will be out announced tomorrow. Red Star also has a great reputation as a high-quality patient-centered clinical research facility with cutting-edge clinical research that uh, helps us get it answers to things, diseases like uh, psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraine, fibromyalgia, etc., and conditions like that that affect our community. They do a first-class job. All their trials are uh, are closely monitored by independent review board and the FDA for safety, uh, and they look for people all the time to do some of these some of these trials. If you'd like to get involved or be a part of them, you can call them at 352-629-5800 in Ocala or go online uh, and net and check out the information there to tell you what to do. Renstar Medical Research seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. Well, you folks, uh, it's been fun, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been fun. This is what it's supposed to be about. And uh, uh, I think we all realize what's around the corner, that uh, that, that that lurking there, the troublesome Vanderbilt Commodores and uh, Consequently, uh, uh, you know, you can have it's not a trap game, as we said. It's a game that could be, uh, could cause some problems for Florida. Uh, but they've done this a few times before, and I think they know what's ahead. And we'll ask a guy who's been on the road a lot of times and covered this game. And, and then Mullen's saying today, it's not a trap game, Franz Beard, but it is a game to be concerned about. Well, you know, we went to Nashville many times. How are you, Francis? Uh, doing well. Been to Tampa and back today. So, and discovered that rain bands uh, are all wow. over the state. You go through Scary. five minutes of mm-hmm. heavy rain, five minutes of dry, then five more minutes of heavy rain. It was like that all day. Yeah. That's bad weather coming up to the, the panhandle. Yeah, and, and it could have and you know it, it could affect Florida uh Vanderbilt in Nashville this weekend if you look at you know that that hurricane is supposed to touch make landfall Wednesday or Thursday mm-hmm. the after effects of it could yeah. could could cause a lot of rain and things like that uh, yeah. later later in the week so something to be concerned about yeah well you know there's a long time between that hurricane here and hurricane Nashville and as an old veteran you should know these things take twists and turns all the place so this is hope it doesn't turn around and come back through here that's the main thing let's hope the people in northwest Florida are going to be okay I have it's a friend of mine Carla is it Say again? It's not Hurricane Carla, is it? No, it's not. It's Mike. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Uh, I have a friend, a house guest of mine, and she lives in Tallahassee. And uh, she came in today and said, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to drive back. I said, are you crazy? She said, no, we don't want to worry about it. It won't be there for a while. I said, I wish you wouldn't do that. Uh, And uh, so... um, uh, uh, she got in her car and started driving, and she called Tallahassee, and she talked to her daughter-in-law and said, what are you doing? Is, there's no gas up here. You know, there's raining and, and sheets of rain. What are you doing? Turn around and go back. So she turned around and came back. She's here at the house tonight. But, yeah, I mean, uh, that's it. Yeah, those things can do anything. Well, listen, I don't. I know you, I, don't, I went to the press conference today, and I didn't hear a lot of talk about this. You might have read something. Everybody wants to know about Malik Davis, Damian Pierce. I don't know about the injuries. And by the way, people do not, they don't talk much about injuries, as you know. They just don't do it. They aren't going to give you weekly updates on injuries. If somebody, yesterday, uh, today, his answer was, we're healthy, okay? So that's uh, there's, it, it, I know fans want to know, but they just don't give you injury updates. It's not something they've ever done. Irwin didn't do it. This guy didn't do it. So uh, we won't know until we see him on the field whether what they're doing, right? Uh, well, this is college football where there's no requirement to disclose mm-hmm. injuries, and so we wait. I think Mullen's got enough healthy bodies, though. As oh, yeah. long as those injuries aren't on the offensive line, and as as long as as uh, you know, some of these guys on the defensive line, like Ja'Kai Polite or Jabari Zaniga, I think Florida's in good shape. Well, I'll tell you, France, we got a lot to talk about. We talked about a lot of it Saturday when we did the postgame show. They had a lot of folks on here. And uh, now that you've had some time to reflect on it, and I had a little time to reflect on it, uh, we talked about the play calling. 
Uh, we talked about the defense. Uh, we talked about the coaching decisions, etc. And I just want to say this coaching staff has done a superb job. I mean, Grantham has been a big surprise. I love his scheme. I love the blitzes package he puts in. We talked today to uh, Donovan Steiner about his role. Uh, you know, we talked to uh, – we, we, we've seen these young defensive backs develop. And it reminds me a little bit back in the day when Urban was there. Who, he coached every player on the roster all the way down to 100, you know, uh, and, and tried to develop. And now one of the things that I'm pleased at is the way this coaching staff has developed talent. And if you didn't hear the uh, – uh, the, the the comments about uh, Moral Stevens, they were downright shocking when he talked about Moral Stevens today, saying that when he got here, they saw this very athletic guy, uh, and they said uh, he, uh, he got good hands, but they said his numbers and weightlifting were horrible, and Mullins said he, he bench-pressed the same as I did. He says he obviously wasn't in shape, uh, and you see this body he's got, and you see this hands this guy's got, and you think, Wow! And they realized right away they had a player. And look what this guy has done. And Mullen says this is a criminal. The guy hadn't got more time because he's just now learning the game. Uh, so Moral Stevens is a prime. He's a post reward for development. For Nick Savage and Dan Mullen and that staff, you've got to develop players. When you don't get the four and fives, you better coach up the twos and threes. Well, this is what, what Dan Mullen did at Mississippi State. He didn't get the kind of players he can get at Florida. But whether it's Florida or Mississippi State, you still have to develop your players. You still have to bring out the best in them. Um, this isn't the first time I've heard about a player who could barely bench his weight or something like that. Uh, happened all too soon. And it's because old Yeller just quite frankly didn't give a damn enough about the entire football program to have a decent strength coach. It's like he didn't have enough, care enough about the program to really have a good offensive line coach. Look at what John Hevesy has done since that Kentucky game. Everybody talked about how Florida got whipped up front in the Kentucky game. What we've seen since then, steady improvement, game to game to game. Florida ran for 213 yards on an LSU team that was giving up 88 a game. You think about that, all, you know, two and a half times what they're giving up game to game, Florida gets that in a single game. Florida is on the, on the rise because the Gators are developing those players. Mullins got a coaching staff that develops. When you look at how the wide receivers block, you look on those running plays and you see wide receivers engaging and knocking people on their butts. Uh, this was a total team effort. and But it, more than that, it goes back to what you just talked about, buddy. This is a team that we're watching before our very eyes. We are watching a team develop. They've won four ball games in a row. They're going for a fifth this weekend, and they're getting better. And they're going to continue to get better. And this is a this is not just about this season. This is a statement about what the future is going to be like for Florida football. I wrote about it today. Florida has got the right guy. And if you don't think so, then you've got your then you know absolutely nothing about football. You know, go take go get a copy of Football for Dummies 101. If you don't see that this team is getting better and that the future is going to be really bright here, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I mean, we talked some about Voshan Joseph earlier. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, look, let's don't get too crazy here because this is still a team. This is a this is a work in progress. But I'm going to tell you what: you'd be hard pressed to find defensive linemen who are quicker to the ball than these guys. I mean, if Polite can throw bodies around, you know, uh, Jabari can get he, – he's like a jet when he goes after a guy. I mean, they're defensive linemen, and they're linemen. But Voshan Joseph, who – by the way, he's a poster boy for toughness. Dan Mullen wanted, wanted, wanted uh, toughness. 
Well, go get the video clips out of this guy writhing in pain on the ground two or three times, getting up and making a career-high tackles and being named, what was that, our award he won this week? Uh, Walter whatever, Camp, National, Walter Camp Player National Player of the Week. Uh, I mean, that is what you SEC call toughness. Defensive Player of the Week. Yes. So, I mean, the kind of play that these guys are giving him right now. Now, France, remember when we used to talk about this when Florida was winning all the games and they were winning national championships. And what did we say? I must have said it 50 times. You probably said it 20 times. I said, enjoy this while you have it. It's not going to last forever. And one day you'll look back at it and say, gosh, remember back in the days you used to win? This is something that, remember, France, we talked about it many, many times. And it started to fall apart, and we knew it was falling apart. But here's what I want to say. This is the best kind of season you can have. Because there's no entitlement. There's no expectations of winning national championships. There was zero chance of expecting to beat Georgia and probably 10% chance of beating LSU. And nobody thought they'd win 10 games, which they still might. And we all thought when they lost to Kentucky, the season was over. You know, And, and now you suddenly have this fresh breath of, if they do what they're supposed to do, France are 6-1 and one with an open date and get ready to go play some you know, some really good teams and have a chance to beat every one of them. This team has its whole future yet, and this is what makes it fun, friends. These kind of seasons are pure joy. Folks, enjoy it. Oh, exactly. And I got to tell you what, you think about this. Georgia could lose this weekend in Death Valley. And wouldn't that be something if it's the Florida Gators coming into that game with the five-game winning streak and Georgia is is having to recover from the shock of getting its butt beaten in Death Valley against a team that Florida already beat. You know, you want to talk about something that could bring back the memories because they got a lot of guys on that football team that remember the bad old days when mm-hmm. they couldn't beat Florida for you know for anything. And they got guys that remember that, and they got and trust me, that Georgia fan base is ready to fold like tents the first time Florida gets a lead on it. Now that doesn't mean Florida's going to do it, and, and it doesn't mean that everything is rosy from here on out. But it means it's going to get better, and it's going to continue getting better. And here's the thing to remember: win or lose, what you got to look for is this: Are you getting better? is that you can lose a game and still look back and say, we got better. And every single game since Florida played Kentucky, now they won them all, but we can look back at all four of those ball games and say, the Gators got better. You can't ask for more than that. Then your team is getting better. That's a sign of good coaching. That's a sign of great buy-in by the players that everybody has bought in to the concept that, hey, we can win these games. We can get better. We can do this. We've got a future here. I never saw this with in, in the in the old Yeller era. I, three, you know, those three years. I I, I think we're going to look back on them at, at, as a lost era of Florida football. Three years just totally lost. Even though Florida wins two SEC East titles, they won that because Will Muschamp left an NFL defense behind, not because Old Yeller did anything decent as a coach. The only thing he did decent as a coach was he was smart enough to leave the defense alone. Uh, Okay, I'm going to stop you there. And uh, since for people just tuning in, they're saying, who is Old Yeller? Well, you have to. France has his own vocabulary, okay? He has, uh, he has, he won't use the word dog, D-A-W-G, ever in his stories, number one. That's one of the things. He has his nicknames for, uh, for the former offense quarterback coach who was here. He has his nickname now for who? Old Yeller. Tell him who it is. Well, if, uh, you t- take a look at the teeth of the former coach of the Florida Gators. A man making more than $4 million a year and he couldn't get his teeth white. That was an embarrassment. You know, do you know how how many people at other sites, you know, you go throughout the SEC and they're playing Florida and people are talking about Jim McElwain and his yellow teeth. Uh, who was it? Uh, the Vanderbilt people called him butter teeth. 
That's what the Vandy people hmm. called Jim McElwain. Butter teeth. I call him Old Yeller because he has the same. He had the same ending as the movie. He got it. He got put out of his misery. Oh boy, you're cold. <laughs> you are cold. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> anyway, uh, and it's the Georgia poodles. It isn't the bulldogs. I know. Bulldogs are I know. You're starting to get your game face all over for the, for the Jacksonville game. I know that. I know what's going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, just overall, and I got this sense today. I don't know these kids. I'm not around them. I'm not one of these guys that thinks that athletes are all great and they do everything perfect. But I will say that I, I, the kids I've seen in person and interviewed have been, been around. They're probably 15, 16 that I've talked to. They're nice kids. They're, they're nice kids. I mean, not that they don't get in trouble or do stupid things, but they're nice kids. And uh, you can hear them repeating things that Mullen's saying to them. So they're listening. He's getting, he's, he's, he's teaching them to these constant reminders. And you can hear him talking about, uh, the relentless effort and the thing, the buzzwords. So, uh, it, it's fun and it's fun to just have kids that you enjoy <clears throat> and you, you think are, uh, you know, are, 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 are good kids anyway. You hope they are. All right. So let's talk about what's ahead. <clears throat> got about a minute to sum it up. Vanderbilt, we know what's there. Vanderbilt's got a really good receiver. Don't forget one thing. Vanderbilt, Almost beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to be a Final Four team. So if you want to talk about that, that's something to be concerned about. And so, and you know, one thing they do, they do play pretty good defense. So we'll see. But the bottom line is, it's a danger game. It's not a trap game. It's a danger game. And uh, I don't know what the point spread is. What is it? Probably about eight. Florida's a seven point favorite. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Maybe go a point or two in the Florida direction. Yeah, I think I'll go I, eight. I wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see Florida at, at say nine, eight and a half by, maybe by game time. Yeah, uh, Vanderbilt. You know, the question is this: Will the Vanderbilt team that shows up be the one that went toe to toe with Notre Dame, or will it be the team that South Carolina and Georgia blew out and could have beaten worse than what they did? Yeah, we don't know. Uh, if the va- team that shows that played uh, Notre Dame toe to toe shows up, then Florida's in for a scrap. If the team that got its doors blown off by South Carolina shows up, then Florida is going to is going to hang forty five or fifty points on them. Uh, I look at it like this: Florida's success in this game starts with your bookends, Jakai Polite. Jabari Zaniga, they're going. I think they're going. To, remember that old line from the from the Purple People Eaters back in the days when the Minnesota Vikings had the great front four. We'll meet at the quarterback. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's going to be the the byword for polite and for Zaniga in this game. Hey, meet you at the quarterback because I think that's what's going to happen here. I think Florida. You know, Florida's got. 11 sacks in the last two games, 17 in the last four. The Gators are tied for eight nationally in sacks. They rank number one in the SEC in sacks. I think this Florida defense did. I think this Florida defense shows up in a big way. And even if the offense has uh, another so-so ball game, I think the, the defense carries the day. I think Florida wins by at least a couple touchdowns. Hmm. I must say, I got new mad respect for for Todd Grantham, especially after that struggling. He struggled that first time out at at, at uh, the second time out, I should say, against Colorado State. Uh, you look at the numbers, and I just read this earlier: Jakai Polite and Jabari Zaniga have 15 tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks this year. One of four duos who have that, uh, and they're they're, they're making the defensive bank. And by the way, this is what. Uh, what what the defensive back what Steiner said today he says you know the pressure they're bringing up front makes their job easier in the secondary uh, and you know it's the old, the old axiom they used to say a quarterback can't throw the ball on his own butt you know and uh, the speed of these rushers the speed rush the edge rushers really really and I'll tell you something else friends remember we talked about how bad the tackling was in the opening game boy the keeps, tackling keeps, has gotten so good by comparison hasn't it he keeps getting better and, and here's the thing that, you know, you talk about the rush. Here's what the rush does for you. 
It takes the 15 to 17 yard pass, which is the staple of any good passing mm. game. It takes it completely out of the equation. It means that you're going to have to try to dink and dunk. And I don't think with I don't think you can beat a team with Florida's speed by dinking and dunking. And unless Vanderbilt has come up with some King Kong offensive linemen, which they don't have, I think it's going to be a, a game where they're going to have to try to win it with dinks and dunks. And I, I just don't see mm. see that happening. Yeah. Well, it's been a fun time so far, Francis. We're halfway through the season and uh, time to reassess. Maybe on Football Friday when we get together, we'll kind of look, do a review and go back over our final, where is it, the next six games and see where things stand. Um, and we've already done it a couple of times, made a couple of all. Uh, we, what is uh, GPS says they're, they're giving you one. They're recalculating. We're recal- <laughs> recalibrating. That's what we'll be doing. We'll be, be, oh, gosh. You remember when we when we got our first one and the woman had the and we're doing road trips and and the woman had a British accent, sir, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> oh yes, many road trips, Francis. All right, my friend, enjoy talking to you tonight. Thank you. I'll talk to you on Friday. All right. Don't forget, Fran's thoughts of the day. People love your thoughts of the day. They're talking about it. How much they enjoy it. So. <laughs> All right, France. Thank you, buddy. France Beer, the Iron Duke is always available. Uh, yeah, let's uh, take a quick look at. Um, by the way, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, don't forget City Farms now. Uh, Dilly Dilly to well, late night Dilly Dilly sponsors. And there's uh, Chris and Tracy, and one of our earlier tailgates. That's that dish that Tracy made. Earlier in there, I'm going to check on their fall veggies next time I talk to them. So go to CD Farms, Florida, and check that out. <clears throat> um, I want to tell you about my bank and the folks that here in town that are big in our community. Uh, and uh, you heard me talk about the O'Connor Quarterback Club many times. By the way, we're excited about uh, the, the next couple of weeks of the Scott Bradley Trophy and the th- way things are going there. A great job by Todd uh, Duffy and his staff and and, um, and, and Chad Rich and all the whole team. And we're going to have, uh, get it down to the finals here soon. But, uh, Center State Bank is where we had Megan Mullen on our kickoff banquet. And, uh, folks out there are really good about, uh, making their facility uh, available, uh, for a community. You see the sign there, Center State Bank, Center on Community and Customer Service. Uh, this beautiful building is located out on Silver Springs Boulevard. Uh, and it's, uh, they, the second floor is an art gallery and offices. And you can, if you contact them, it is available for certain occasions. Uh, and they do a great job with that facility. Uh, there's also a pretty good, darn good bank, by the way. You ought to check them out. They, they're very locally, uh, driven by their markets. Uh, they have a long-term picture on, on the horizon in terms of their loans and things and world-class service, relationship banking and faith, even faith and family. Uh, they have 82 locations in 30 Florida counties and also around South Georgia. There's a few also. Sentinel Community and Customer Service, that's their location. That's their slogan. And, again, uh, plenty of locations, Ocala Games area. Check them out. Go to centerstatebank.com, Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. And my friend Jen, yeah, she got this going. Got to get a new product up there here next week, this week. Tell you about Tupperware. It's a terrific, uh, it's terrific uh, stuff to have around your, your kitchen for cooking like this or for storing things or taking a tailgate on the road, whatever. Tupperware has been renowned for quite some time as a company that is well known, very much a part of the family for years and years. Uh, if you need, have some need for Tupperware gear, as I call it, you can go right there to jenlay.my.tupperware.com uh, or you can go to uh, Tupperware Jen on Facebook and find out more details about the items that she has for sale. There's always something good for sale. Uh, and if you have an organization you'd like to fundraise for, well, Tupperware also will give you 40% of all proceeds back to the organization. So uh, if you want to do that. So contact Tupperware Jen today for, to host a party or earn free hostess gifts. It's a perfect way to serve that DNK tailgate spread or just to be able to serve your family. Tupperware, check them out. Okay, let's see here. I'll wrap up the night, I think. Um, just want to remind the folks about the quarterback club, uh, the Ocala Quarterback Club. There are some 
availabilities of memberships. The season's only halfway over. Uh, there's information on the quarterback club. Uh, we have contact uh, numbers if you need them. You can PM me, I'll tell you. Still got some terrific guests coming in. And these two guys, Dr. Frank Cannon, Cal Orthopedic, and Danny Williams, uh, Danny Williams Appraisal, are two guys who support this uh, this club and support this marketing plan. We do appreciate them as our champions. Uh, Ocala Quarterback Club uh, around since 1955. Uh, you can check them out. Or as I said, PM me. I'll tell you what you can do about that and how to go about it. All right, that's going to wrap up the night for me. Uh, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Same thing. Exciting plans to announce some other things coming soon. Hope you're going to have a safe time. Some of you are in harm's way there. Be careful and uh, listen to those reports and make sure that you, you follow them. If it says evacuate, then go, okay? And don't, uh, please, please. Don't uh, don't 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 get in harm's way. It's a dangerous thing, and this thing is coming fast. So, so uh, I'll say a good night to you, uh, and be careful out there, and uh, and make sure that you, uh, as I said, stay out of harm's way.